hey there, Grove family. Jason and I are back again with another Poplar Grovecast. And uh, this time we're talking exclusively about nothing but ourselves. Uh, now, I know that sounds pretty selfish, but the fact is that both Jason and I are we're very different people, aren't we, Jason? Yes, sir. Yeah, we both have a fascination, though, with uh, understanding why people make decisions or act certain ways. And uh, so we thought it would be a lot of fun and a really good discussion to both take a personality test and talk about those discussions between us. And and so we took the 16 personalities uh, test and uh, it determines, um, of course, 16 different personalities. And I fell into the category known as the logistician. And Chris, I know you took it. What, What did it say that you were? I was very different from you. I was a mediator, um, which the picture that you the mediator the hold a flower. Yeah, it's a girl <laughs> holding a flower, and uh, I think I've taken it four times in the past five years, and, and I've been in the same group every time. So I'm not getting away from that. Um, so, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna just, we're gonna step through a couple of the characteristics of each of our personalities, and just how those how those play themselves out both in ministry and just our daily lives. And so, Sounds like good. Jason said, you know, I'm a mediator um, is what I fall into. And one of the first things I, when, when I read this summary and I went through it was it says that mediators are guided by their principles rather than by logic, excitement, or practicality. Um, they're led by purity of their intent, not rewards and punishments. And that's very, this is very true to me. Um, I'm almost obsessed with knowing what the intent of a decision is. Um, it's hard for me sometimes just to get a, get a decision and just follow it. I, w- I want to understand the intent behind it. Um, and I can sometimes become obsessed with that. And a lot of times that's been hard for me, uh, in my previous jobs sometimes, cause we, you know, decisions are being made every day. And when the decision's made that I don't agree with, not that it has to be my decision, but I at least want to understand the decision. And so I have a tendency to ask a lot of annoying questions, <laughs> if I'm being honest, to, tr- to really try and understand, okay, how did you, how did you get to that decision? Um, and it's, but it's not a, it's different from a logic. Here's a bullet point list of how I got to that right. decision. It's more of an understanding of, um, I don't want to say from my heart, cause that sounds super cheesy, but you know, <laughs> just how did you get to that decision outside of just a bullet point pro and con list? You know, I'm not okay. much of a pro and con type guy. Um, and one of the ways that this has played itself out, even with the, you know, when it says mediators are led by their purity of their intent, not rewards and punishments, that that hit me like an arrow in the chest because I, you know, I started my, I went off my own back in November. You know, I've been doing this for about five months and I've had a lot of people ask me with my business, you know, what is your end goal or what are you trying to achieve? Where are you trying to go? Are you trying to build it up so you can sell it? Are you trying to do this, trying to do that? And those are awesome people who have goals and can chase them like that. Um, And I'm a little weary saying this, but it's the truth is honestly, I made the, I made the decision to do that because I felt like it was the right decision. It wasn't based on here is this item that I'm, here's this status that I'm trying to chase or this achievement, you know, it's not like I have a specific goal in mind currently. I just felt like it was the right thing to do and it was the right time. And it had, it had taken a long time to get to that point, but it wasn't a reward that I was chasing. It was, right. I felt like it was time. It, 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 and so, yeah. And I feel that 
in, and I would I I would say that that's true. I, I would think that's an accurate description of 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 CMAC and and I think that that plays well when it comes to uh, discerning and following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That there's sometimes what God asks us to do doesn't logically make sense. Right. And and we can ha- almost hamstrung ourselves if we are solely led by logic. And so I think that there, I think, I think that characteristic can really be an asset when it comes to uh, following faith and acting in faith. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I would say that my primary desire where it was just freedom, like I was just chasing freedom and um, freedom to be a better dad, be a better husband freedom to work on the projects that I wanted to freedom to have and to have time to build the relationships that I've been trying to build for years, more right. time for people. I mean, that was one of my biggest things on that list is I want to be able to nurture some of these adult relationships because we don't have time hardly to do that. Um, and, and I want to grow closer to some of these people that are in my life. And, and that was one of my primary motivations for that as well. So um, another, another a description or another characteristic is, a desire for harmony and a benefit of the doubt. And you know, when you read something and like you have like flashes in your head of times in your life where this has happened, but um, I do, I have a, I prioritize harmony with others over my personal feelings and desires. And none of this, I'm not saying this to, to none of none of the thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nothing that we're saying today on this podcast is meant to brag about our personalities. Certainly. Um, but there's many times in my life where I prioritize the harmony with the people around me over my personal opinions, feelings, and desires. It happens all the time. Um, people that I've worked with that I would rather have a conflict-free zone um, than, than to be pushing up against that friction all the time. You know, I'll change something about me to make sure that that relationship functions properly. Um, And not everybody is like that. And now obviously, yeah. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but would you say that cynicism is not, doesn't creep in to your mind often? Um, I don't think, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like, do you, do you, when you say you, do you give benefit of the doubt? Do you, for the most part, exclusively, um, uh, in, in most situations you see the, the positive, you see the good, you, um, people are innocent until proven guilty. I, um, I trust first. Okay. I feel like my, my initial instinct <clears throat> is to trust somebody until they give me a reason not to. Okay. That's um, good. And I, and I can actually trace that back to my parents. I mean, my parents were very, very trusting with me growing up. And they and that stuff that they had told me was we are going to trust you until you give us a reason right. not to. What, I, what would you say is a da- makes that a desire for harmony? What could be dangerous about that? Uh, you could easily uh, get manipulated. You can get walked all yeah. over if you. There That's comes good. a point where <clears throat> you have to understand that the reason why you're doing it. You know, I'm not doing it to seek approval with others. I'm doing it more because I want That's there good. to be peace in my life. And, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to such a point to where it's demeaning to me or it's hurtful or causing pain. Um, it's just more of a, it's, it's, it really plays itself out in really small things, right? 
really insignificant right. things that a lot of us will will build and turn turn into a mountain and defend ourselves to the death on. Some of that stuff, I just don't care. Whatever, it's fine. Right. I, I would rather continue right, right. a relationship and work work with you and be able to get along than than getting my way on this item. And we, um, that's good. And so, but yeah, there's, I there's wish more people were like that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you could easily, you can easily, you know, if someone is a manipulator, um, right. they could, they could, they probably have a better chance of manipulating someone like me than they right. would someone who's more logical and, and really thinks right. through all the options. Um, I've always thought about it this way, and this is how I see, especially when it comes to small groups like Sunday school or just any kind of small group uh-huh. of people that we have at church is, what's been in my head throughout the past year is just a web of strings. So you have strings that are all tied off in different places. And when one of those gets pulled, it doesn't just affect that string. It's, it's going to pull and, and tug and cause tension in other strings inside the group. And I think sometimes we, we, we think that when conflict or things like that happen, Oh, this is just a me thing or it's not your issue. It's not your problem. Well, we're, we're in a group and we're all kind of seeking something together. We're all kind of going towards a goal. When you pull one of those strings, it's going to affect other people in some way. Yeah. And, um, yes, and good. so, and I, so I always think about, especially in a small group, I always think about harmony within the group because you can have one person come into a group of, of 20 or 30 and completely change the culture of the group. And so yeah. as a leader, that's, that's what keeps me up at night is how do I maintain the culture? How do I maintain the harmony um, inside a group? And how do we continue to work towards the same goal and be on the same train, go in the same direction? We're all going to be in different seats and be doing different jobs, but um, how do I maintain harmony through that kind of stuff? That's good. That's good. Uh, Another thing is uh, mediators typically focus their attention on just a few people. uh, And that's true. Uh, If they, they can easily become spread too thinly. And I always think about Mm. the line from Lord of the Rings um, when he says like too much butter spread across toast. Uh, That's Mm. always stuck with me because I feel like that's me. I can, that's real right there. Yeah. And I can run out of energy. And, and when that happens to a mediator like myself, when I, when I reach that point, I go into what they call hermit mode. I mean, I pretty much, I batten down the hatches and shut the doors and I, kind of pretty much isolate myself from those around me and, and you, you'll feel like you're on an Island. And I use that phrase a lot because I feel like I'm on an Island a lot <laughs> to me, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but yeah, there's going to be do times you, where I, yeah, go ahead. When you, when you get in hermit mode, do you just naturally come out of it after a, a, an X amount of time or is there something proactive that's got to de- disengage hermit mode? It, it can be both typically, it just needs some time, some time away. Typically getting some time away, shutting down to the outside world for just a little while, could be a couple of weeks, I'll come out of it. Um, honestly, this has improved in me. This was a lot worse five years ago. Um, over the past five years, this has become, I've improved on this a lot. I don't do not go down to hermit mode nearly as much as I used to. And and ironically, one of the things that started that improvement, if I'm being totally honest here, was church softball. Hmm. Um, I've never, I've never connected with guys very well. I just never have. Um, I like sports, but I'm not hardcore about sports. I like, you know, a lot of man activities, what I would call stereotypical male activities. But I don't. Right. The stuff that really gets me excited is is things outside of that. And so I've always had a hard time connecting with guys. Um, but when I played church softball. And I started to build those relationships with people, some guys who are very different than myself. Um, since that time, 
this has not happened nearly as much as it used to. And that is not an outcome that I would have expected cool. from church softball league. You know, oh, that's, that, that's good. I, that, I appreciate you sharing that. That, that yeah. helps me better, better know how I can, uh, understand and, and, uh, uh, minister with Christ, uh, with Chris, Christ, Chris. <laughs> the problem yeah, is I'm the guy on the team. who's like, <laughs> Hey everybody, everyone did great today. I know we lost 27 to zero, but, and the two guys broke their legs. Um, but you know what? But what a fun good effort. Yeah. It was a great time. I enjoyed being here with you guys. So I'm that guy, um, for sure. And you can ask and Josh Moody about that. that. Guy. Yeah. You can ask Josh Moody about that. Cause that'll, that'll happen between us. So, um, the last thing I'll say about being a mediator, um, and we kind of covered it in the last point, but was the need to disappear for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you have to remove yourself so that you can recenter on myself, my own minds and feelings. And that sounds so cheesy when you say it, but right now in the time that we're in right now, this is especially difficult for me, right? Cause right. I'm, I'm loving the time of my family. I love having them around me all the time, but I also don't love having them around me all the time. Yeah. Um, because, because of how I am, I need to get away and I need some of that time by myself. Like I love going to the movies by myself. I can go eat at a restaurant by myself. I can just go sit in a park by myself. I I enjoy that. Um, and so right now it's definitely a test of being able to find that time to recenter myself in some fashion so that I don't become Mr. Grumpy pants. So it is, is going to eat by yourself. Just that act. You're not doing anything else. You're not reading a book. You're not nothing. Just going to eat by yourself. Does that accomplish the recentering, or do you? Is is there a process of things that that need to be a part of that, or just being alone? Yeah, just being alone. There's not a specific. If I go do this thing, then that'll help. Um, It's really just going and being alone and not being around. So it's more. Is it more than? Is it being alone? Is it is being alone on your couch, does it do the same thing as being alone going to watch a movie by yourself? Or is the no, fact of going no, and doing something by Going and doing something. You're right. I haven't really thought about it that way, but sitting at home and sitting on my couch by myself sounds miserable to me. Like, I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I just, it if, doesn't sound like that's something I'm, unless I'm watching away. a movie. I mean, if I'm watching a movie, sure, but I can't, you know, I can't like binge. I have a hard time binge, binge watching shows um, I would rather much, much rather go to the movies or go to the restaurant or go to the park or something like that. I don't, I don't get nearly, um, the, the effect is not as nearly as good as if I sit at home on the couch by myself. So I got you. Interesting. So that's me. That's me, Jason. That's me in a nutshell. Now you know how crazy I am and why I'm that way. So let's and, talk about, and, you know, yeah. And, and I want to, I want to encourage everybody listening to, to go to 16 personalities and take, you know, take the few minutes to take the test, and and uh, it's it's uncanny how how precise some of the results are. Um, like when I take I've taken it a, a few times, and and I come back a logistician, uh, which is a term I had never heard before. Uh, but it it in its description of strengths and weaknesses, um, it it nails me pretty pretty well. It's pretty accurate. Um, a couple of the, the descriptors of a logistician. Uh, one is that they are, uh, very responsible there. Uh, it's a big deal that their word is their promise and, uh, logisticians will 
run themselves into a, in the ground, um, cause themselves great pain just to stay loyal to what they said they would do. And, um, and yes, for Jason, that's, uh, I, I've, I have, uh, broke myself down many a time to, to honor my word and which is a good thing, but sometimes I, I've, I give more of my word than I need to be giving. And, and, and so, uh, but logisticians are that. And, <clears throat> and so that, that is, uh, I, 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 it, 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 when Jesus says, let your yes be yes, your no to no and be no, that that's a big deal to me. And, do you, um, do you find yourself having a hard time saying no? Uh, I, that would be very accurate. Okay. So no, even though no you, is not. when you say yes, you want you want to make sure you fulfill that responsibility, but you also correct. want to be able to say yes to a lot of things. Is that correct? I do, and to say no, uh, it, sometimes I have to remind myself that saying no is is a form of strength and not a form of weakness, and um, because in my mind, I've wrongly thought that saying no was a sign of weakness. Uh, plus, if you're asking me to do something, I, I want to do my. I I want at all costs to be able to do that. Right. Um, but the, a weak spot uh, where that becomes weak is is um, uh, the logistician will harm himself or herself trying to fulfill their word and yeah. um, over committing. Yeah, yeah. Guilty, been there, done that. <laughs> I think as as we get older. And, uh, you know, you're so much older than me, Jason. Um, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, not true. Um, but as you get older and we have, you know, if we have a family, um, with our jobs, we literally don't have the time to dedicate to things that we used to. And so, right. um, even though we want to say yes to so many things, I think it's just a maturing thing. And it is because when you have kids, you don't sleep. I mean, let's be honest, yeah. uh, it, it's just hard to get much sleep. You don't feel rested. You're exhausted. And then to run yourself down here into other responsibilities, you can easily drop the responsibilities at the house, uh, the responsibilities to the wife, oh, yeah. to the kids. And because we we'll want to make you sure. You expect them to understand. Yeah. And they will for a little while until you run out of equity. And, right. yeah. and then it's, and then it's bad. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um. Logisticians are are also described as people who are calm and practical, meaning that they're able to keep level, be, you know, be level headed during various types of of uh, of uh, situations. Um, uh, that that logisticians are able to make kind of clear, rational decisions, and and I, I think for the for the most part that describes my attempt. Um, I feel like I'm. I am generally calm on the outside. Now on the inside, I'm, that's not always the case. Um, uh, but I feel like I can, I can process under pressure and, 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 and make decisions, um, um, decisively as well as, um, uh, uh, thinking through them, giving them time instead of being hasty, hasty, uh, right. with those. And so, um, uh, so I feel that I can. St- I feel that that I am able to be calm and practical through decision making, through criticisms. Um, I, I learned. I learned uh, a long time ago that uh, to to treat life, to treat a lot of decisions in leadership as uh, like like 
like the manna in the Old Testament. That, for example, uh, if somebody gave me praise, treat it like manna. Get all the nutrients from to, that you can from it. Enjoy it, but don't try to store it up because it'll rot tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, criticisms the same way. If I receive criticisms, whether they're justified or not, take the truth from it, glean what I can, but after today, don't store it because the manna would rot the next day if you try to right. keep it. And yeah. so I feel that if by viewing a lot of things as manna, uh, it, it helps me not to carry over uh, um, uh, further and, and be decisive in the present. When you and so when you say decisive and you know calm and practical, uh, I'm just going to ask you a blunt question. Does that mean that you make decisions slowly? I you- I, I by na- by nature I would lean uh, I, I would I would lean as being overly cautious. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a, by by nature I'm very contemplative. I think I, I can think overthink things, but I'm I I'm always thinking playing war games and different scenarios, but I'm always thinking about stuff and rarely do you see me be act hastily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I generally won't make that mistake. The mistake I'll make would be I drag my feet too long. Gotcha. Trying and to make sure I, that you're think, making the right decision. Right. Correct. And, yeah. and, and I, and I, I will tell myself be decisive and, and that, that term be decisive, um, uh, helps me to say, all right, you, you've thought it through now do something. Um, I think it's interesting that you kind of game the outcomes and I, and tell me if this is wrong, but I feel like I game the effect the outcome will have. I I think I I would agree. Yeah. So to me, it's more, how is this decision going to affect? Not that you don't think about that. Right. But but my, the, the part that I focus on is when I make this decision, what are the people in this group that I'm either responsible for or that I'm involved in? Like I said before, what strings is that going to pull and how is it going to affect right. different parts of the group? Um, and that's the stuff that I spend my time on more than is this the specific right decision to make logically? Yes. You know? Right. Yes. And, and so, and I, and I think when there's a team of people uh, like it, like it's unhealthy if Poplar Grove had, if all of our staff were logisticians that's not healthy um it may be it may be full of unity (laughs) because we all think alike (laughs) but but it's not healthy and i and and people like me and you working together would be very strong and healthy because you would help me see blind spots that i'm i'm not either not seeing or not giving enough thought for and so and you'd help um, me. You'd help me actually um, play out the logic of a decision, <laughs> the pro con. And, well, and this, because you know. I, early in my ministry, I, I, rem- I remember I would make decisions because I wanted to. I didn't want those people upset at me. Right. And 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 I and I think sometimes you can have false harmony mm-hmm. um, because I was I wasn't being a peacemaker. I was being a peacekeeper. And, and I think there's right. a difference. I was just trying to keep everybody happy and, and, and I was compromising decisions that needed, I, I needed to make some hard decisions. And sometimes it's hard to make hard decisions if I know it's going to hurt people. Right. Yeah. And, and so, but sometimes the right decision is going to hurt somebody. 
Yeah. Um, and those are I mean, hard lessons many, for me to learn. How many times have we seen that in like military movies, right? Where the leader has to make a decision that's going to, he knows it's going to harm somebody, but it's the right decision. That's and, right. And you're right. I think that the idea of peacekeeping and peacemaking are two very different things because if you're trying to keep the peace, you're going to be stagnant, right? One of the ironic things yes, about me is I, I really enjoy things that kind of, um, uh, I don't know what the phrase is, shake the rattle, rattle the cages. There we go. Maybe that's better. Yeah. Like I like things that change that are kind of, um, that change the status quo a little bit right. and kind of, kind of throw a, throw a curveball into what we, what we all expect. And I'm mean, a good example to me is, is the stuff going on right now with COVID and the way right. the churches are having to meet and with the stuff going on right now, like, I know we want, we don't, in the time of chaos, the church is going to do what the church is comfortable. We want to, we want to keep the normal, right? For me, it's not normal. We're not in a normal season. And so I tend to lean into the uniqueness of the season more than trying to hold on to the normal. Um, and so, you know, where, where some people might find comfort in, hey, this is as close to as, as what we were doing six weeks ago. Right. I'm like, yeah, but it's not because of this. And why don't we try, you know, I, I feel like I fall on a different spectrum of that. Now I'm not, I'm not upset or mad or anything about, I, I still right. enjoy the other stuff. Um, but when something comes along that changes, kind of shakes the status quo, sometimes not always, but sometimes that kind of excites me because I, yeah, I think it's, and, I think and it's I good would, to shake that up. It is. And, and, and it doesn't ex- I, I, maybe excite is not the right, the word for me because I'm a very I like stability and I like I like for uh, I like stability and right. um, I like I don't mind changing I don't do well I'm not very comfortable changing as quickly as we are right, right now <laughs> but but we have to and and right, I recognize yeah. that um, but. I do, I do believe you're, you're spot on that though it's not, it doesn't excite me when we have to shake, rattle and roll. It, it, it does. I do see the necessity and appropriateness in it. Um, because when you get the orange juice out of the refrigerator, if you don't shake it up, you're not going to get the pulp all throughout it. And, and so (laughs) never heard that every time I I open up my refrigerator, I will, I will see my orange juice as C-Mac right now. <laughs> I'm, this is uh, C-Mac right here. This is what he loves. <laughs> I'm the pulp. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. That's, that's an interesting way, a good image of it, because uh, I think you're right. I think sometimes that and, – and, and some people really hate change and, right, and hate anything out of their normal routine. Um, right. And I'm not, I'm not one of those. Now there's obviously certain routines that are better, you know, getting right. up and children and things like that. But th- there's, there's parts of this stuff that's going on right now that and the, at the risk of sounding insensitive excites me because it's, it's different opportunities to learn new things. We're kind of being forced to. And, uh, and yeah, I just think that's interesting. So uh, logisticians are jack of all trades and this, this uh, Josh makes fun of me. Uh, our student pastor makes fun of me uh, because this is, I am this. Uh, uh, logisticians are proud repositories of knowledge. Um, I, I don't know if proud is the, is the word. I, I love to learn. And um, they are, uh, logisticians like to learn not just simply about 
a particular thing, but lots of things. And and this this is me. I love learning and reading about everything. I'm I'm j- usually reading four or five books simultaneously, and they're all they're all different. I'm reading a biography on George Washington right now. Um, I just finished a book on physics. I am reading a, a pastoral catechism uh, book. Uh, just a, a wide. I just finished a book on Alcatraz. Um, there's. I, I love. I love learning, and so uh, that that describes me. I, a jack of all trades, meaning uh, I love love to learn what almost anything. Well, then I, I expect um, I fully expect you to have a bowling ball on a string on stage during a sermon <laughs> if you've been studying physics. So I did. I spoke. A, uh, I guess it was about three or four months ago, and I used an illustration from the book uh, about uh, in the in the eighties there were there were planes that were crashing right as they were landing, uh, and it was happening often, and they couldn't figure out why planes were crashing near runways and. And, um, and, and it had to do with how uh, there was a, a, I can't remember the term now, but a downforce of wind. And when, they would, when, the, when, and when the downforce of wind came up, it would hit the ground and it would cause an upforce. And the planes would come through and they would throttle back because they were being pushed up. And then when they got through it, they didn't have enough throttle to keep them going. So they crashed. So anyway, it, it was, it was so- the illustri- I used the illustration <laughs> to say, that you know, life when life is is easy and we can we are are not having to uh, to suffer through much, but there's just it's just a good time of life that we don't need to throttle back on our own on our devotion to Christ because when we there will come a point where we come through that and we and we don't have enough throttle to get through the sufferings. So gotcha. anyway, that's good. It makes a lot more sense when you do the follow up of the one explaining. Yeah, instead of just saying, <laughs> yeah, this is a fact and planes crash. So I learned about physics. There's See, your knowledge. Another weakness, an, another a weakness of people like myself is we can be stubborn, and and uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, that uh, <laughs> I can I can be stubborn. Um, uh, the uh, it it, I, it can be I can I can struggle seeing other people's perspectives. I can be stubborn not to release you know relinquish control of my opinion. I can. Uh, I, I recognize that. I, I do think, in, in some ways, that that that's a that that's one of the strengths that God has given me for uh, some of the uh, pastoral roles that I've been in 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 the past. That I I I was to go in kind of as a prophet of the old you know the Old Testament um, to kind of be a, a sledgehammer, and that turned as a that was a tool, an asset, uh, but but. Um, it it can also be a very bad weakness um, right. to 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 not be able to see other people's perspectives and and uh, uh, but I can, I can accept when I'm wrong and I'm growing in the fact of of you know just learning how God has made everybody and they can contribute just as well uh, has has helped me. Well, that's one of the things I think about. I, I would have to imagine it's hard about being a pastor, right? Is is you're called to be a decision maker. You're called to be empathetic. You're called, you know, not, well, I think called is the wrong word. Here's what we expect of our pastors. We expect right, you to be right, a, a right. good decision maker, a visionary, a counselor, 
uh, be empathetic, be understanding, be knowledgeable. Like we have a lot of expectations of all of our pastors would be, but pastors are humans just like the rest of us. You fall into right. a personality type. And, and I think one of the, one of the biggest advantages of doing these is I know my wife and I have taken it and we sat one night and just talked about a bunch of the things, a bunch of the differences between us and some of the stuff you'll see. And it makes it just, it's like your eyes are open. Like it peeled back a veil on your eyes yeah. because you, we, when we understand the people are who they are and we can't change them. Right. Uh, there, there's obviously certain things in our lives that we can change, but when you're talking about how someone's characteristics and their personality is pretty well set in stone by the time they're right. the young, young age of us adults. And when we start to understand why they make decisions certain ways, it, it lifts a lot of that tension and we say, you know what, <clears throat> she, she thinks that way because, because this is how she, this is what her personality naturally reacts to that situation. Um, and so I think it's a huge, uh, asset to be able to understand people in this way. I know you've talked about doing it with your staff, which is, I think yeah. it's an awesome idea. Um, and I think it's good to, as just a congregation member trying to understand if all, if all I did was see Jason on Sunday morning, and I didn't, and I didn't talk to Jason one-on-one Would I have a true picture of Jason. I don't think so. I mean, I know because not that you're different on Sunday morning, but when you're, when you're preaching, it's, it's Jason preaching, right? But there's a whole right. other aspect of your personality. And we get to see that when we see you on Wednesday nights, hanging out in the hallway, you know, after class right. and talking to you and laughing and you make fun of me. And then Josh makes fun of me. And then Mark makes fun of me. <laughs> and then, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not bitter. Um, that's what this podcast is really about. We finally got to the, the heart of it. Um, that's right. <laughs> no, it's just a huge advantage. We can, we can see people, why they make decisions a certain way. And we start to understand and we start to empathize with that and say, listen, it's not because it's not because they're trying to be defensive against us. It's because just the way that right. I naturally react to a situation they're going to naturally react to the situation in a different way. Right. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means they're different. Correct. Right. And no. that was the mistake I've made it, it, because I, you and I could be talking and it makes perfect sense in my head. And I'm like, okay, see, Mac, why aren't you getting this? Because I explained it the way I would have understood it. Right. Uh, but yet you process things completely differently and, and, and approach things differently. And, but knowing how you do that, really helps me better communicate to you and, and have better expectations of and for you. Um, it just, if I'm willing to, t- and, it, and that's what discipleship is, is being willing to get to know the person so that I can better help them and, and, and likewise them help me. Um, right. it, you know, the, you talk about us making fun of you in the hallway, that logisticians, a, we, we can be very insensitive sometimes. Uh, and, um, I, I don't think the intent is to is to be harsh. Uh, it's just logisticians. You, you talked about intent and emotion is a is a part of how you make decisions. For me, emotion is very far removed. Right. It's 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 lower in the decision making tree than uh, than it is for you. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I can I can come across as appearing to be insensitive. When I'm not, I just am not processing through emotions that right. high in the tree. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not on the front of your, your brain when you're going through those steps. And Right. I'll get and, to it eventually, but it, it it's, it's right. It's not on the forefront. 
Yeah. And there, and there's, I think there's different situations where different personalities are needed, right? I mean, obviously Amen. you're in a, you're in a military situation. You need someone who can make a decision and move forward. It may not be the right decision, but we're going from point A to point B and here's your responsibility. Make it happen. Go. Right. Um, you know, there's right. a situation where that's needed and there's situations where, Hey, listen, this is, this is a culture problem. And how do we, how do we make decisions that aren't going to change or are going to affect the culture? What's going to be the, the result of that? Um, right. We may feel that this is the right decision, but this is going to, let's look at all the other variables around it that are also going to get affected by that. And, uh, and by the way, I'm not offended by y'all making fun of me. I know it's because you love me. So, because uh, I give it right back to you now. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's not going to affect anything. I thought you were about to say it's not going to stop, so I don't care. Um, it ain't. Yeah. It's not going to. <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. So let me ask you, C Mac, what, uh, and you can ask me the question back in return. What if, let's say me and you are working together? Mm-hmm. We go to work nine to five every day. What would be um, what would be a challenge that you would have working with me? Um, I think one of the things that I have that I know I've struggled with in the past at previous employments is is slow decision making. Um, sometimes I because your intent's good, right? And you're trying to make you make sure you're making the right decision. There's times right. where I would almost let's go down a road. If we fail, we'll just ch- pick a different road. You know, like gotcha. we'll, we'll learn something along the way and we'll pick a different road. Now there's obviously times where that's, you, you know, surgery is not one of those things. You know, you don't want to like go, right. <laughs> go into surgery. It's like, well, we're going to poke around here and see, we, we might poke somewhere else. We'll see. But, um, right. But a lot of times the things that where I've had friction or I've had personal um, struggles at employment places, or, I mean, this is ministry too. This is not just employment, but, um, right is is when the decision needs to be made because of the the expectation. You know, there's I feel like there's an area where there's a too early and there's a too late, and once you start yeah. getting longer and longer, the people who are kind of either looking for a hope or looking for um, a little bit of stability emotionally, you know, they, they might be struggling there. They start to fall off, right? They start to lose a little bit of hope. And, and once you start to lose those people, it's hard to get them back. Um, right. Obviously you can't make decisions based on people's emotions, but we can make decisions based on understanding that what we do is going to affect people outside of just, yep, here's a decision we're going. And there's going to be a lot of things that affect them in different ways. Um, especially, you know, and so I, I think that would be, that would probably be one of the hard things. Cause I, if we fail, we fail, let's go down the road and try right. it. You know, and, right. and so if it drug out for a long time, that would probably be difficult for me. And if I had to, yeah, just shooting from the hip here. Then what about me, Jason? What would drive you crazy about me if we were if we worked I think, together? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if it'd drive me crazy. It would. It would be one that I feel w- we would need to uh, either help keep each other in check. Uh, it would be more guarding each, the weakness of of the, of, of it more than, um, kind of being a challenge, but that would be the, the desire for harmony. Uh, I think that that would be a, uh, I think it's good to give benefit of the doubt. And I think we do need to have unity. I I think that's the, the the new Testament is completely full of, Hey, uh, be united. Don't be divided. Um, uh, but I, I think it would be, that would be a challenge, uh, for me to 
uh, uh, to lead out with benefit of the doubt all the time or right. to um, uh, let's make sure we're I would I would struggle blurring the line between peacekeeping and peacemaking. That right. that that that's been the struggle I've always had, yeah. and and some of my the way that I have found closure is as and maybe I've overshot the runway, but I, I've I've almost got to the point where where uh, I want to consider how this does impact people, but at the end of the day, I need to do it's right and mm. how. How that is received will will uh, deal with it. When chips fall in May, and, yeah. and we deal with it. Right. Uh, and so I, I think that I think what you it, it would be a challenge, but you would bring some balance with to me of of um, helping me to to not just run run rogue and just do what's right without considering people. Right. You know, one of the the phrases I've heard a lot lately, and it's typically when you look at any kind of political discussion, which we're not going to get into here, but a phrase I've heard a lot is facts don't care about, facts don't care about your feelings. And I agree. Facts are facts, right? Um, but also the way that we speak to people do does affect our feelings. So my, my brother and I yeah. have had this conversation oh, yeah. the past year. Um, we're, my brother and I are very different people. Um, very similar to you and me. We, we think through things differently. Um, we, we handle things differently, make decisions totally differently. Um, but we were having a conversation one night and he said something and I said, you know, that was pretty demeaning what you just said. And the way that just, and I said, the way that you said it was very demeaning. He's like, what do you mean? But that's truth. I was like, well, it is truth, but you said it in a way that, that taught that, that to me, in my, in my opinion, devalues my opinion and it devalues right. me in a certain way. And so we had a big, long, we never fought. It wasn't, we weren't angry, but we had a big, long hour long conversation about, you know, to me, the way that you say things is vitally important. You know, to, words matter. Yes. But the, that's true. Words matter and yeah. facts matter, but the way that you present them and the way that you, Agreed. um, the way that you say those out of your mouth also matter. And some people in my life and the people that I've, I've bumped up against in my life, well, facts are facts. And I don't, I don't care about your feelings. We're, you know, getting on the train, we're going this way. You can like it or not. Right. Well, you're not going to bring a bunch of people with you. You're going to bring people like you with you, but you're right. going to leave, you're going to, you're going to abandon a bunch of people back here on the side of the road because you didn't take the time to get their buy-in or to actually, right. you know, talk to them in a way that's differently. Again, we don't make decisions based off emotions. I don't want to be heard that way because that's really bad decisions. (laughs) Would would you say, would you say that what Jesus said, let uh, speak the truth in love is, does that cover both of us that you would be the, here's how, here's how Chris help help me if, if understand it. Is this how Chris, the order Chris would put it in speak, um, speak lovingly the truth. Mm, yes, absolutely. And then Jason would be speak the truth in love. Yes, absolutely. That's how we process. Yeah, yeah. Because I, and I, I'm sitting here thinking about, and I hope my wife doesn't mind, but my wife and I've had this conversation a dozen times, you know, many times in our marriage, because <laughs> the way that we talk to each other is really important to me. Like the way in which Agreed. we express ourselves. Um, and because some people grow up in a household where there's fighting, there's arguing, and that's just how they deal with things. I didn't grow up in that kind of household. So when you, and I'm not saying she did it all, but when, when you start to right. 
the way that you say it, the way she talks to me and the way that I talk to her is going to affect us each differently and can instantly put up our defenses, right? Our, our, our instinct is when we hear that our lizard brain goes off and we're going to put up our shield yeah. and it's going to be harder to pull us along. And so I think just the taking the time to understand that these people are very different than me and where they're coming from and then trying to present it in a way that they would understand, I think is vital. Right. That can affect both the ministry and our personal lives with our relationships right. with our, uh, with our businesses. I mean, that's, that's vitally important. If, and if we don't care about that, then we're always going to be leaving people on the side of the road as we, as we charge towards yeah. our goal. Um, and none of us want to do that. Yeah. And no, no one, no one wants to burn a blazing path. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody in the world, but you don't want to leave um, a, a Tecumseh Sherman burning path behind you yeah. as you get to your yeah. goal. You know, um, that, that's just, that's just my, my feeling on it. It's, and it's something we all learn as we get older and we, we get thrust into situations where hard decisions are having to be made, um, where there's conflicts, there's disagreements, and this gets developed over a long period of time. And I'm just now getting to the point where I can kind of understand um, why I make decisions a certain way and why things bother me that other people do, you know? Right. And, right. and I think, I think it's, it's just, fa- it fascinates me. We could probably talk for another three hours. You know, we only went through a few yeah. points. I know. And, and, and I want to encourage our listeners to, to take the personalities test, 16 personalities, um, uh, or one similar. Uh, it is, it is, especially if you are a leader, and you have others that you lead, or a team that's with you. It, it really is beneficial to uh, better know the people that you labor with, and it, it improves communication. It, it improves uh, the harmony and the unity that is there. And so, I would encourage. I, th- I think you've mentioned it well. You, you, and your wife do uh, take have taken this. I think it's a great exercise for spouses to uh, uh, just just to take it and see where they land and 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 take it for each other. Holly and I yeah. have done that. She's taken it for me. And, um, and I think actually that may even be more accurate sometimes than, uh, what I do for myself. But, um, and so, you know, we've only discussed two of those personalities. There's 14 other ones. And, and one of the things that comes to my mind as I think about these personalities is, is none of us has all 16. Right. We, we have maybe one or two, but, but we're mostly, uh, concentrated on one or two. And, and and I just see the the beauty of of, of the, the the wholeness of who God is that that is it possible that that these sixteen or some variation thereof is a representation of all of who God is that right. that God is me and Chris in one you know mm-hmm. and and fourteen others in one and and to see the the harmony that's in the Godhead but yet the uniqueness and the and the diversity uh, it just it just expounds my my view of who my lord is and and how creative he is and how deep yeah uh, he absolutely is. just with just with personalities yeah the, the fact that he can empathize with all of us you know i mean he came to be human 100 human and that's right and and so no matter which personality you fall in he can empathize with us and, and we right. are we are designed in his image and so we just keep that in mind because the other personalities are also designed in his image and so when we disagree or we, we bump up against another personality, we need to uh, just maybe take a step back and understand that they're, they're created right. by God. They're just not wrong, just different. Right. There you go, buddy. That's good. Man, I've appreciated it. This, is, this has been good.
This has yeah, been man, good. This is, this is great. We'll we'll do another six hours on this next week. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. See ya.